I am at the door in that familiar yellow hallway. I lived here before I found a small place not too far away. My daughter is waiting for me behind that door. She is five, and so small and so scared. She sleeps at her mother's house one night a week, and this time she begged me to take her earlier than usual. I ring the buzzer, nothing, again and again as I imagine what is happening behind the door. I bang with a fist, and now my voice jumps. Neighbors come and go, their faces down, pretending none of this is happening. And then all at once, the elevator doors swing open, and two policemen are there. They do not grab me, but they bring me to the stairs. They ask me to go to the station. They want to take my statement. One speaks a little English. He tries to make me understand that this is a formality, that I'm not being arrested because I did nothing wrong. And then my ex-wife opens the door, and my daughter is in tears. We travel to the police station in separate cars. The snow is gray, all soot and mud and giant puddles as they stare from the back seat of their car. Inside, I see her whispering to my daughter that this is the last time she will ever see me, that I am going to prison. She is gasping for air, almost unable to breathe. I am the only person in the world that actually takes care of her. I know she has not eaten or bathed in the 24 hours we've been apart. Recently, her mother has been taking the clothes I buy for her and selling them. There is nothing beyond her. I try to smile for her, but my face will not do it. I breathe slowly and show her that I'm not scared. Her mother keeps pulling her away so she cannot see me. As she scribbles a bizarre statement, the pen looks like it will break in her white-knuckled grip. They leave, and I am alone in the police station. I give my statement, and then I do go pick her up and take her home, feed her, and get her to take a bath with all of her toys. I play some guitar, and we sing. But I know she will have nightmares tonight. Once more, she has been broken. I'm Marco, and this is Songbird. In this episode, we're talking about The Letter Reader, track five from Heaven Get Behind Me. What is a man? What is a woman? And what does it take to break them? And can they be saved? These are some of the questions that were kicking around in my head as I began writing this song. And we have a new theme on this one of revenge. But it's not revenge on a person. It's revenge on the world. And we're starting to mention God for the first time. So there is a French filmmaker, Robert Bresson, or if you're very American, you'd say Robert Bresson. His films 
have had a tremendous effect on me as a filmmaker, as a writer. I don't know, it probably affects how I cook dinner. It's a real tall order to try to explain what his films are like in any simple terms. I could probably talk for five hours and just scratch the surface. I can say this, there's a series of rigorous rules that he follows in his work. There's no underscoring, there's no music telling you how to feel. His films are very quiet, which you'd immediately guess, oh, they're boring and slow. But the thing is, they're actually really intense, mostly because of the pacing and the abruptness of certain edits or abruptness of the beginning of a scene and ending a scene. And it really kind of gets you in your gut quite quickly. And then he also does these incredible sequences. The most famous one is from a film called Pickpocket. And all you see is these graceful hands on a metro car sliding into people's pockets and flipping dollars and wallets into other places. I sound so clumsy trying to explain it. It's like a ballet of hands. And there's just no reason for music to be under that. It already is music, is sort of the argument. And of the million things that Brisson does incredibly well is that the sound effects work in his films, they suddenly become so acutely noticeable. So instead of music being the underscoring, it's all about footsteps and doors opening and cups clinking and spoons dropping into things. And that becomes this little percussive sort of symphony that just underlies the story. And suddenly that creak of that door becomes acutely familiar to you. So you get this incredible sense of space in anything he's showing you. It could be a pawn shop or it could be a barn. It doesn't matter. You really do feel as if you lived there and you remember those sounds. So there are two films by Broussan that definitely are a direct influence on this song. The first one is called A Man Escaped, and the second one is called Money. If you want to be fancy, it's Un Homme Condamné Échappé, and I'm sure my French is terrible, but that actually is A Condemned Man Escaped, when you say it in French, and Money, L'Argent. What can I say about these two movies? There are prisons in both of them, and they're about the lives that people lead that bring them there. A Man Escaped was made in 1956, and Brisson did win Best Director at Cannes. And Brisson himself was imprisoned by the Germans as part of the French resistance. And I think that's a very significant detail that not everyone knows about this film. There's a little inscription on the wall of the prison that you do see quite early in this film, though, that 7,000 men died in this prison they were all French resistance. Brisson is incredibly economical. You're hypnotized by the actions in his films. And if an actor needs to cry, there's no method acting. He just puts a little bit of soap in their eye. And it's very, very understated. In A Man Escaped, Fontaine, that's the condemned man, that's the main character, He's sent to jail, and he immediately begins to plot this very meticulous escape. And after some setbacks and some obstacles, that's exactly what he does. Now, this is where it gets interesting. The biggest thing that he has to do is take the door to his cell apart 
which he does every night a little bit more. It's all these splinters and shards and nails and screws and things, and then has to put them all back together in the morning so that it looks like a normal door that's intact as the sun is coming up. So that door that he is trying to break down and the door that I was trying to break down in that opening scene, well, there's obviously a relationship there. The promise of escape is right there in the title. Catch some lucky breaks, and you just might dodge the bullet. But the thing is, 7,000 people did not. That's the other part of the story. On the surface, this is a song about prison and people with no future. But if you get past that, and a little bit abstract, prison can mean many things. It could mean being trapped in a bad marriage, for example. an abusive relationship. We build our own prisons. Ah, I know that sounds vague. Just let it sink in for a second. We build our own prisons. We find a way to feel helpless. We let that happen. Maybe it happens very slowly over time and not in one night, but we end up there far too easily. And maybe that's buried somewhere in this song. And one of the things I concocted was this character of the person in the prison who reads all the letters and opens them. But I imagine it's a young woman, and as professional as she is and discreet as she is, she reads about everyone's hopes and fears and desires and and regrets and apologies. And I thought that was a great window to see this song through. All right, let's listen to the demo. She reads the letters Decides which ones to live through Which ones to send home unopened Some news is too hard to teach Better know words than ones like these A man can bend And a man can crumble It takes a special eye to know What makes him break into There's a pint in my mattress And Charlie always prays for suicide He saved up those blue pills under his tongue And then ate them all one night Heard the ambulance as it pulled Got your revenge without doing a thing If I were God, I'd forgive everyone Will you tell them I was a bad man? Just a couple of 
cardboard box with his suit and his shoes. So this is another sparse, minimal song. Sort of fragments of a blues scale. I'm going to offer you a little Debussy quote. We're so French this week. This is one where the music is in the spaces between the notes. I don't know. I think it's a real chance to let the tone and the mood come to the foreground. And maybe something very subtle that you want to express can stand in the spotlight for three minutes. So the demo told me that the lyrics were holding together and the tone and the mood of being trapped, of having nowhere to go, a certain hopelessness, they were there, but I still needed to solve the production. Big surprise, I went into film soundtrack mode and I cooked up this percolating backing track of metal doors opening and closing, announcements, footsteps on hard concrete, so lots of cold, hard surfaces. I use this really interesting reverb plugin from Universal Audio that actually allows you to define the surfaces sound is bouncing around on. So it could be carpet or rock or stone or something. And I kept using concrete. I actually think it gets pretty noisy at times. And I found that that was a good thing because when things get so noisy, you kind of go inside, kind of curl up in a ball with our anger and our resentment and we hold it very tight while the world sounds like a million angry voices or in this case a million very loud clanging doors be back soon oh he killed them all with an axe so small that sang to the bottom of the river Yes, it lies at the bottom of the river The axe that's revealed in the last verse is from the later film Money, L'Argent. It was his last film and he won Best Director again at Cannes. What an impossible film to explain except that there's no real main character except that a counterfeit bill is the through line for the story. It brings everyone it touches some kind of catastrophe, but at the same time, it's connected to their greed and their ambition. I'm just going to give links to these films in the show notes, and you can read some synopsis, and it'll make more sense than me trying to explain them. Production-wise, I wanted to use harmonica for the first time on the album. And boy, do I have a bag of random harmonicas that I love to bring out. And I have to be careful because a little harmonica goes a very long way. There are two of them that I use in this song. One of them is a baritone harmonica. Sadly, a bass harmonica is about $4,000, but boy, would I like one. I'm just playing the lowest note on it, basically, and it's this kind of a sound which you'll hear, especially if you have headphones. And the other one is, you know, someone else in the prison somewhere who's playing it, basically. Uh, And then there are some cloud chamber bowls that are these sort of floating overtone sounds. Again, extremely subtle. How to explain what a cloud chamber bowl is in Harry Parch. I can't talk about Brisson 
and Parch in one episode. It's just too esoteric. We'll get there, I promise. The structure of this one uses a device that I used on Marfa, the second song on the album, where the last few lines are repeating the very first few lines. Somehow I have this idea that during the course of hearing this song, maybe something changed in the listener, and maybe their consciousness shifted a little, or their understanding evolved a little bit since we first met this person. So starting provocative in a very tiny way, and then revealing and revisiting those first few kind of provocative lines at the end, boy, that just feels like a nice thing to do. I say there's verse. I don't know if there's a chorus in this song, but that final refrain, close your doors, close your windows, close your doors, close your windows. It is a sort of a reply. We're going back to that blues device of you sing and you play, you sing and you play, and now we're even having parts of the song replying to other parts of the song. All right, let's listen to the final version. She reads the letters Decides which ones to let through Which ones to send home unopened Some news is too hard to take Better no words than ones like these A man can bend and a man can crumble It takes a special eye to know What makes him break Into Well there's a pint in my mattress And Charlie Always prays for suicides Saved up blues blue pills under his tongue And then he ate them all one night Heard the ambulance As it pulled away Driving slow His suit and his shoes Came back looking the same way With that look in his eye See you in church, he said I got nothing on my mind He said, well, I got you on my mind I said, we ain't getting out of here Till it's time Is time Is it over You'll never See him again Well 
wife died, then he drank himself blind. Where are you going? I'll be back soon. Oh, he killed them all with an axe so small that sank to the bottom of the river. Yes, it lies at the bottom of the river. Close your doors, close your windows, close your doors, close your windows. We get pretty dark in this song. It might be the darkest one on the album. That's what happens when a guy sits in a room singing into one microphone that records voice and guitar at the same time. His eyes are closed, he wears no headphones, and he could be anywhere. But here he is on this day, and that's how we got to this song. So there's no rhymes, different people, different lives intersecting, and we seamlessly shift from one to the next It's a handful of perspectives and experiences. And the end is a sort of warning. Maybe it's a cautionary tale. And I definitely began to gravitate more and more to this form of songwriting and storytelling. And I was very aware of what I was leaving behind. This is not a tight, clear song with a memorable chorus that you hum in the supermarket that gets stuck in your head. Now, this is something else. Maybe it's a magic carpet ride that you take into the unknown, and you just have to be ready to take that leap. So you fly into the dark, and there is no light in this song. There is some hard-earned grace, some relief, some ugly truth. The rest is all up to you. songbirds. This is that part at the end where I tell people where to find us. We're on all the podcasting platforms at this point. Or you can just go to songbirdpodcast.com. That's where all the show notes are. And there's definitely some pretty interesting show notes on this one. So if you did like this song and you haven't bought the album, you can buy Heaven Get Behind Me on Bandcamp or iTunes or Amazon. All you have to do is search for Martin Ruby, that's the band name, or Heaven Get Behind Me, and you'll find us. Big shout out to Bunky Hunt from Whistlepig Records, who's listening to demos these days for album number two. Next time on Songbird, a man in a blue suit, an angel, and the Mona Lisa. 
Thanks for listening. Thank you.